The following program is a paid presentation. The views and or opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of Starnes Media Group or KWAM. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Channing Schmidt is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc., but is not affiliated with Shoemaker Financial. Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. A common concern is always money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Welcome to Talk Money. Well, today is, we're just going to literally turn the mic over to people, and I'm going back to the car and drive home. These guys are so brilliant. They are smart. They're going to talk about questions that you've asked. First and foremost, Channing Smith's going to talk about some updates on the tax laws. I know everybody's interested in that. Scott Jordan's going to talk about what do we do with our portfolios in 2022. I mean, it's got inflation. We've got all kinds of unrest. We've got this and that. And it's just, what are we? It's hard and it's difficult. Well, Scott's got some ideas, some fundamentals, and some suggestions that we need to look at hard for 2022. And then finally, the question that seems to be around everybody's mind is what's going on with Medicare, Medicare enrollment. And of course, we have our expert, Shannon Dyson, is with us in that last part of the hour. So don't go anywhere. We're going to stay in it and we're going to dive into the important questions that you've asked us. First and foremost, let me introduce, he is a lawyer. He is a certified financial planner with Securian, and he is our friend and guest, Channon Smith. Welcome to the program, sir. Good morning, Jim. Sir, I tell you what, Channing, you've got so much information going on, and there's so much going on. People are asking, what do we do for 2022 when it comes to what's going on with Congress? So let's start out with this current recent proposals, what's happening, the American Job Plan, what's going on there, American Family Plan. I know all these things are happening, but I think people want some clarity from somebody who, like myself and the guys here in the studio with me, we have to put all this to work. Tell us what you got going on. Sounds good, Jim. Yes, Congress has been very busy the last couple of weeks. Uh, The first thing that they did was that the the House and the Senate passed the hard infrastructure bill. And so there's two bills out there. This is the hard infrastructure bill. So it's like bridges, roads, broadband, Internet. That passed. It's been signed by President Biden. And so that's in law. That's there. Now, the important thing about that bill was that there was no tax increases. Basically, that was just kind of reallocating those COVID funds that were there to help to pay for some of these things. The other bill is the one that we've been watching very, very closely. This is the soft infrastructure bill with some changes to Medicare, uh, some pre-K, uh, child care. Uh, there was community college for a while. Well, anyways, what's happened with that is that has gone through. It, it kind of preliminary was reviewed by the Senate. It was in the House. And last Friday, the bill passed through the House. Now, the bill has really been trimmed down quite a bit from the last time we talked to you. Um, and now it's probably about only a $1.7 trillion bill that's there. Uh, but what they've done is in order to get this through, and there's been conversations between the House and the Senate, is they've really kind of taken back some of those big tax proposals that were there. 
Um, and so this is kind of this anger, the progressive side of the Democratic Party. In fact, some of them did uh, vote for some of this stuff, but it did kind of get through. Now it's over in the Senate, and we'll kind of wait and see what happens with the Senate when they get back from Thanksgiving recess. But this is getting closer, but it's a lot less impactful than what it was when we first talked about it, Jim. Well, you say impactful. I, I understand what you're saying, but the, the <laughs> you, you made this, and it's, it's amazing, Jenny. We used to never even think this way. You said only $1.7 trillion. Now, granted, it was it was proposed to be much higher, but the word only one point seven trillion. My question is, how are we going to pay for it? <laughs> That's a great question, Jeff. <laughs> yes, and there's two ways that they're looking to, to pay for it. One is specific tax proposals that are there that are really going to hit the high income, high net worth individuals. The second way that they're going to do it is they're really going to put some money into the IRS. And especially in the IRS enforcement, they're going to get a lot more people in there. They they think that they're going to get uh, a lot more revenue from the IRS by enhancing some of the enforcement, which uh, to me that kind of sounds kind of scary, but that's what they're looking for is more enforcement from the IRS. No, that does sound scary. I mean, you know, they've seemed like always had enough enforcement to keep everybody on its toes. When you think enforcement, what do you what do you think that means? I mean, is that more audits? Is it more what does that say to you as a lawyer, as a certified financial planner? What from from a practitioner standpoint, what would you say to the people listening? All of a sudden, IRS has gotten more enforcement. Explain that. Yeah, so really what that money is going to go do is really hire more people and more people at the IRS to review taxpayers' tax returns. And what that's going to translate into is probably more audits, more looking closely at, you know, some of the tax returns that come in. I mean, right now it's been pretty much a bare-bones staff over at the IRS. And so just because of the amount of returns that they have, they just don't have the time and manpower to look at everything. This means that they're going to put a lot more people in front of those tax returns, look at them, um, and look at them closely so I can see more audits coming. All right. That, uh, you know, having uh, lived through a couple of those um, audits, as they call them, and actually in the middle of one as we speak, uh, I don't get any, I don't break out in a sweat anymore. It's just what it is, what it is. But they're not fun. That's all I can say. They they seem That's to be they, they 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 you know nothing against my IRS tax guys you know they do a great job, but what I guess I might say is they're looking for something and they're bound and determined to find something, no <laughs> questions asked right, right all right let me uh, there is a question or a concern and, and I tell you what let's do let's take a break. And when we come back, the whole idea behind some changes, and I think some people are concerned about this. I know they are. They've asked questions. What about the rules for a Roth IRA? When we come back, Channing, that's what I want you to kind of help us with. And then what do you think we should do? This is the question. What do you do in 2022? That's what I want to hear from you, man. Thanks so much. Be back in just a second. If you just tuned in, I'm talking with Channing Smith. He is the Advanced Sales Director for Security, and he's a lawyer and a certified financial planner. He's going to answer our questions. We'll be right back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money.
This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest is Channing Smith. He is a lawyer and a certified financial planner with Securian Financial. And we're pleased to have him on the program. We're talking about what's happening in Washington with the tax laws. The American Job Plan is passed. The American Family Plan, as he said earlier, is only looking at $1.7 trillion. And looks like we're going to have some tax increases for the high-income people and are also enhancing uh, the IRS enforcement. Now, that, that'll get your attention there, too. And by the way, did a little calculation based on some the tax, the tax policy center. Chetan, what we found out is the, the increase, the 1.4 million people that fall into this upper 1%, it's going to pay about, on average, about $54,300. That's from the Tax Policy Center. That's about $70 billion that they'll be collecting for them. That's not going to quite reach the $1.7 trillion to pay for it. So I'm not sure if the tax increase is really going to make a dent. What do you think? Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. And based on that math, it doesn't seem like it adds up. Uh, but, you know, I guess we'll wait and see. They're doing some scoring on it still. but Obviously, right that's yearly. That They'll up, pick so. up that dollars on an annual basis. So maybe that's what they're thinking there from that standpoint. The question we've gotten, Shannon, and I think it's a great question. Again, remind anybody, if you've got questions for us, you'd like to just simply ask it, just simply go to jshoemaker at shoemakerfinancial.com. That's me personally. Or if you would like to, send it to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. That's talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be glad to get your questions on the air. The question, are there any changes that you can be thinking about for the rules of the Roth IRA? Channing, that's for you. All right, Jim. Yeah, this is something that's really caught Congress's attention. And we thought we were in the clear with any changes to the Roth IRA, uh, some of the rules with that. But at the last second, what they did in the House is they brought back and expanded the SALT, which is state and local tax uh, deduction, up to from $10,000 to $80,000. So that really benefits some of these high-income states, and it's really kind of a tax break. Well, they needed to pay for it. Since this is going through reconciliation, it has to pay for itself. So they brought back in some of these rules, especially with IRAs and Roth IRAs. And the one that really caught my attention, because I know there's a, you know, Roth IRAs are a great financial tool, is that they're going to prohibit all after-tax contributions to IRAs and employer-sponsored plans from being converted into Roth. And that would be effective after 12-31-2021. So, in a way, this really eliminates some of those backdoor Roth conversions that were there. Now, the other portion that they put in there is uh, they're going to eliminate Roth conversions, not the backdoor, but the other Roth conversions, after 2031. So, that's like, that's a long ways away. That's 10 years away for any income over 400 or uh, single. Four fifty or four hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars joint filers. So this is definitely something that something in their crosshairs. They're looking at in order to pay for this uh, 
this increases that deduction of that salt. They needed somewhere to pay for it, and that's what they're looking for. They looked at those Roth rolls. Well, that's kind of typical. That'll be some extra dollars to pay for this $1.7 trillion American family plan. So they're looking at where money is going, and kind of almost, I'm going to just say it like I feel it, it's kind of a penalizing some people that have been very astute with doing some planning over the years. So what do you say to them? I mean, you're in that... That area with Securian where you're talking with professionals, you're talking with clients, what should a client do with what's going on? Yeah, uh, you know, and that's a great question, Jim, because this is all uncertainty. And guess what? We're getting really close to year end. And so if you're going to do any changes, because a lot of these rules are effective um, after 1231 of this year, you know, you don't have a lot of time to plan. So one of the things I think a lot of clients should do is be reaching out to their financial professional, uh, talking about some of these changes. There may be something in this bill, some of the provisions that are there that could affect them. It's better to have maybe come, come, come together with kind of a plan right now. And if this does pass, and if we look at other tax bills, Usually it passes right around Christmas. You have about a week to do some changes that are there. But you need to have that strategy session, that education, before you're able to make some of those moves to take maybe advantage of something that's going away after this year. Wow, that's a great, great advice and always great, great ideas, great thoughts, and tremendous amounts of information. My guest has been Shannon Smith. He is the, a, a lawyer and a certified financial planner with uh, Securian Financial and always does a great job. Shannon, thank you so much, sir, and have a great Thanksgiving, sir. Thanks, Jim. Happy Thanksgiving to both you, your family, and your listener. Hey, man. So much appreciate you. So much appreciate you. Well, you know, I mean, that's tremendous information. Coming up is is a guy that's going to help us design a portfolio that we need to be looking at for 2022. Now, I'm going to give you some thoughts here. I want to remind you that you can find a show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker and subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. We want you to be a part of going through this dialogue of answering your questions. And the question was, basically, what am I going to do about 2022 when it comes to my portfolio? Well, listen, this is important for you to understand. Here's here's something that I, I picked up and read, and it, it comes from two companies. Now, it, you could have read the same thing, Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs. These are the powerhouses. This is the comment. Morgan Stanley predicted on Monday, November the 15th of this year, that the S&P would basically drop, fall, to 4,400 by 1231 of 2022, while the next day, on November the 16th of 2021, Goldman Sachs, another big powerhouse, forecasted that the S&P 500 would rise to 5,100 by 1231. Okay, that's um, that's amazing. Last uh, in the end of uh, November, just about a couple of weeks ago, it closed at about 4,700. You know where it is today. Bottom line is Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, completely at the opposite ends of each other. My guest, Scott Jordan, certified financial planner. Welcome to the program, sir. Great to be here, Jim. What do you think of that? What do you think of that kind of comment? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. you got two powerhouses that are at the opposite ends, and yet who's right? I, give you I think I think the underlying thought there is that either of those could be right. You know, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen in the future. So that's why, you know, and what we're going to dive a little deeper into when you're 
when you're wanting to be an investor for the long time and you're wanting to try to accomplish your goals and use investments to do that, you really have to base that on principles and not what's going on on a day-to-day basis and trying to figure out where the market's going to be in six months or two months or whatever, whatever that time horizon <laughs> the is. The end of next year, right. right. You know, I, I think Channing did a great job of giving us the tax law changes and mm-hmm. what we have to do as planners to help people through that process. Right. But the question that we get, as you know, I mean, the question that kind of stimulated this thought of what we do here is, uh, should I get out of the market? Should I, should I, what about inflation? They, those questions kept popping up. And, and the big question, I'm afraid of the market. What do I do in 2022? So let's start with this the idea behind what you would say to our listeners about portfolio construction, understanding you know, a person's financial picture, and then the fact that you're going to have Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs at opposite ends. Right. What do I do in 2022? I think I would start off, and you and I have been doing this a long time. Uh, you may be a okay, little longer give, than me. That, that's we a conversation for another day. <laughs> a, man. But – you know, I think the the underlying principle that I would start with is any investment plan needs to be anchored to a well-thought-out financial plan. In other words, you have certain goals you're trying to accomplish, whether that's financial independence, you're trying to pay off some debt, maybe there are kids you need to educate, maybe it's just a lifestyle desire. We, we would like to have a, a beach home or a lake home or anything like that. But all of those are goals that you're trying to accomplish, and an investment portfolio can be part of what helps you accomplish those goals. So I would say, number one, any investment plan, in order to be successful for the long term, really needs to be anchored to a well-thought-out financial plan. You always call that the why. The why. Yeah, so if you can identify the why, that's 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 the first and foremost thing to do. Regardless of what Goldman Sachs or, or Morgan Stanley is saying, just know your why. Right. And and I think the danger of not knowing that why and not quantifying what you're trying to accomplish is the why becomes more. I just want to make more. And that lends you to fall into what I see as a cultural perspective or a cultural trad, that get rich quick scheme, the, you know, I'm always going to be able to time this market right and avoid all the discomfort and, and and just put my money in when it's always going to be going up and get it out when it's going down. So that why helps you get that long-term perspective. You know what you need to accomplish. And you know you can design a portfolio that has a history of producing the kind of returns you need in order to accomplish those goals. You know, life is full of storms, the good and the bad. I mean, it just, for you, always, it's, it's you, a breeze it, for it me. This happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you wake up to a beautiful, sunshiny day every day. But the, the, there are storms. I mean, uh, I've heard it said, and I like this analogy, where if I'm planning for a hurricane, mm-hmm. I've got some time. Right. If I'm planning for a tornado, I may be going to give it 15 minutes. A little, a little time. A little time. <laughs> a little less time. But that's almost the same thing with our portfolio. you got a hurricane. You think out long right. term. But tornadoes, you kind of have to understand. So how do you approach it from a tornado standpoint? Well, I think it's important to understand that we, we can't prevent those kind of storms, but we can prepare for them. And, and let me explain a little bit what I'm, by what I mean. You know, part of preparing for them is just understand that in, when you're going to be a long-term investor, there's going to be ups and downs in markets. There's going to be periods of, of great joy. There's going to be periods of discomfort or disappointment. Maybe 
you know, you're looking at the news and it's saying, oh, the S&P 500's up, you know, 30% this year, and you're in a well-diversified portfolio that may have some other asset classes in there, and you're only up 20%. So that can create that disappointment. So whether it's disappointment from the market being down or disappointment from the market being up and you're not participating in all that, it's understanding that that's part of investment. You prepare for that, and we we prepare for that by spreading our assets out. We talk about this all the time. It's asset allocation, diversification, and then, of course, we rebalance that along the way. That is so critical, and I think sometimes when I come back in a few minutes, we really want to nail that down because I think a lot of people take that for granted, but it's important, so we need to be sure that we dive into that. And I, I want to make sure that everybody stays with us because we're going to come back and talk about an inflationary economy. I want to give you something very quickly. It's a verse that I want to re- give you for Thanksgiving. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We'll be back. This is Talk Money. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific situation. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're just talking with uh, Scott Jordan, and we got Shannon. We had Shannon Smith, and we got Shannon Dyson coming up. We're going to talk about Medicare, some changes going on there. What about the enrollment time? It's closing on us fast. So stay with us. We're going to get into that in the details in just a second. Scott has been going through the question is, what do I do in 2022 with my portfolio? Some of you have had, should I stay in the market? Should I go to cash? I'm fearful of inflation. I'm concerned about this. I mean, you just the list goes on and on and on. And we're saying they're all legitimate questions. They're all legitimate ideas. They're all legitimate thoughts. But we wanted to have Shannon Scott to walk us through some ideas behind portfolio construction, whether it's planning for a hurricane, that's just a thought, and a tornado. What's the, how does the difference? He's talked about the why. That's important for us to understand, the why you're doing it. What's your purpose? What is your goal? What is your strategy? What are you thinking about? And then he really covered three basic fundamentals that, Scott, you talk about all the time, asset allocation, diversification, and just rebalancing on a regular basis. Now, we need to explain to everybody, just because we say that's important doesn't mean it's going to guarantee that you're going to always make money. There is no guarantees. You need to understand that. But this is a way for you to have a balanced portfolio that maybe allows you to weather the storms through the ups and downs of whether it's a hurricane or a tornado in your portfolio. But, Scott, here's the question. When I said a while ago, what do I do when the change in the market? The question right behind it, it's an inflationary market. What does that do to my poor? People are talking about inflation that have never experienced inflation. And yet some of us remember an inflationary period back in the 70s and the 80s. And Ronald Reagan, Mr. Volcker, all those people that did a great job of building some bricks around the the, the inflation problem. What do you t- what do you say? 
Well, you know, we're finally seeing inflation. That's something that for the last, really the last decade, we haven't had to contend with very much. As a matter of fact, the Fed has been trying to push inflation up to their target, which has been around 2%. Now, we're seeing this year, we're seeing a lot more inflation. And the big question that everyone is pondering, and I've, I've read a lot of different experts on this, and nobody seems to have a definitive answer, is, is, is this going to be temporary or transitory is the word that's thrown around a lot, or is this going to be more long-term in nature? And I don't know that anybody has a good handle on that. Uh, you know, is it being caused by the Fed and their their monetary policy, or is it the supply chains and labor problems, the supply chain bottlenecks and problems with labor that is causing this, and hopefully that'll be a temporary phenomenon and move on. And I don't think anybody knows the answer to that for sure, but, you know, that is part of the reason why in order to maintain your purchasing power, in other words, you're trying to grow wealth for future cash flow needs, well, if you're wanting to buy those same goods and services in the future and they're more expensive then you really need access to what we call risk assets in order to accomplish that goal. Now, nobody likes that word, right? When we say risk assets, I don't want any risk. Well, you know, that's, you know, access to that risk is what, as an investor, you get rewarded for in the long term by maintaining the course and staying at that risk. And we're talking about things like market risk, um, interest rate risk, if you're in a fixed income type investment, um, you know, inflation risk. Again, we're seeing some inflation now, credit risk, liquidity risk. You know, am I tying my money up where I, I can't get access to it? That's another way to get rewarded. And and all these kinds of risks that you have to expose yourself to in order to re- reach those goals. And by the way, that's another big risk, the risk of not reaching those goals. So that's why we have to stay focused on the long term. We have to get access to those risk assets in order to meet those long-term goals. You know, some of our people talk about the fact that they focus sometimes on political risk. It's a big one. And it's a biggie. I hadn't seen that recently. No, it's it's not been around a while. You know, it's it's a long time ago. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But people talk about that, and sometimes they get so caught up in that that they lose focus. And I'm going to give you a quote that I you actually gave it to me, and I'm going to read it because I think it's it's from Peter Lynch. But I think it really ties into what I think is the last question that so many people talk about. Let me read this to you from Peter Lynch, and I quote, Whatever method you use to pick stocks or mutual funds, your ultimate success or failure would depend on your ability to ignore the worries of the world long enough to allow your investments to succeed. It is your behavior after selecting the assets. Such a great quote. I mean, that is powerful because quote. that is the problem. It's the behavior, and it's that emotions yeah. that we know we see a lot of people get concerned about. And we say that all the time. You know, emotions are the enemy of any good long-term investment strategy, and it's very difficult. Uh, you know, I, I understand how people get caught up in that because the news media every day is hitting you with it. You're getting updates on your phone constantly about what's going on in the world. They take a, a little problem and elevate it to the level where it just disturbs you so much that you'll sit there and watch the news all day or look at their website all day. And that can be very, very stressful to someone who has, again, exposure to that risk. And they're wanting, they're wanting to avoid that pain, right? It's a natural reaction. 
I don't want to go through that, so I'd rather just get my money out of the market and avoid that. But we had somebody in the office the other day that literally, you know, they were they came in and and that's the leading question. And right. again, that was his thought process. And this is a, a very intelligent, very experienced investor, not somebody that just started last week. This guy's been around it a long time. He is in the industry, knows the business, and yet his emotions, like everybody else's emotions, right. was very real and he it wasn't the question of getting out of the market. It was the fear that mm-hmm. he was in the market. Yeah. We want to avoid that pain. It's it's natural. And, you know, the, the flip side of that is what you get rewarded for is riding through that pain. So in order to get the, you know, we're always investing to get future cash flows, whether that's dividends, bond interest, future growth in company assets. But in order to get those, you have to be in the market, right? And so the the natural thing is, well, I'll get out for a little while while the market's doing its gyrations, and I'll get back in at a at a great time and and get rewarded for that upside. And I'm not saying that's impossible to do one time or two times, but it is very hard. You have to get two decisions right, when to get out and when to get back in. Very difficult to do. You and I have seen this. When the market goes down, it recovers usually very quickly. Uh, some of the best days in the market are really close to some of the worst days in the market historically. So it's hard to do that on a regular basis. You know, Capital Group put out something that I think is important for a lot of people to understand. There's usually a correction of about 10% once a year. It's a very normal part of the market. Just As a matter of fact, the average is somewhere around 14% that the market will go down in an intra-year drop. And most of those years will end up positive by the end of the year. Now, right. About one out of six or one out of five, we see a down year. So... It, that happens, but that's just a normal part of being a long-term investor. And then they come back right and say that about every six years, you're going to have a, you know, just a full-blown recession, a right. bear market. And right. uh, so if you know that and you can understand that and you can expect it or anticipate it, you can live through it. But here's what I appreciated the the person we had in the office the other day said I just needed to come in and get a, get a Scott and Jim fix right right I mean, just he just needed get a, a little vitamin he said and you know it's funny you say because that is such an important part of what we do is it is like with the quote you quoted from uh, Peter Lynch is managing that investor behavior because it is it is so hard to ignore those worries of the day they come at you they come at you very hard and again. The natural human tendency is to avoid that pain, so we want to do something. You know, we want to do something. We want to feel like we're in control, so we're doing something. When you and I both know that what we've seen that works over the long term is staying the course, staying invested, staying focused on those long-term goals, and know that you're in a strategy that has a history of producing those returns you need. Now, there's no guarantees. You know, again, we always have to say, you know, past performance is no guarantee of future results. But long term, that's been the strategy that has worked for so many people and so many of our clients. Well said. Do you answer the question what to do in 2022? Stay the course. If you've got a good plan, keep it working for you. Avoid your emotions. Well, let me turn the page here. And I want to go to, I mean, Shannon Dyson's here because Medicare, we are going through Medicare open enrollment, and you're getting, you have literally <laughs> brought into the office enormous amounts of envelopes full of paper. Shannon, welcome to the program, sir, and welcome to the discussion of, with Medicare. Happy to be here, Jim. Thanks for having me back. You know, one of the, I mean, it's November the 15th through December the 7th is open enrollment. What do you hear today that is the questions that people are asking? You know, it's the same questions we always hear. The open enrollment for Medicare, 
uh, kind of gets confused with a lot of other types of enrollments that are going on this time of year. Uh, so, I th- you know, I'm getting a bunch of mail. Uh, what do I do with all this mail? Uh, when do I sign up? Is this for uh, Medicare? Is it, is it for individual health? And what, it, what is this open enrollment for? Just a lot of confusion around the dates and, and what it's actually for. You hear we had an extension in enrollment period. Well, no, that's not for Medicare. That's for individual insurance. So just a lot of things like that. It's just confusing. It is. All right. When we come back, I want you to kind of walk us through. Those are the questions. It's confusing. And they're, and they're just kind of, they roll off of people's tongues because bottom line is it's there. So if you're listening and you know that you've got to make decisions, if you haven't, and maybe you've made the wrong decision, you want some answers, well, Shannon Dyson's going to walk it through with you. He's going to help us understand some of the changes and yet some of the things you need to be simply aware of, just absolutely very careful when it comes to Medicare enrollment. Stay with us because when we come back, Shannon Dyson is going to answer the questions. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to a podcast. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker and simply just subscribe and, you know, post a, some, a, rev, a review. We would appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're in the Thanksgiving holidays, and I have a verse that's very important to me, and I want to share it with you because it really puts in perspective what we have been blessed with and so much of what we deal with here at KWAM, but at the same time, just in our own personal life. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34. Powerful verse very much for my family. I want to just say I wish everybody a happy uh, Thanksgiving holidays and all the things going on that's, uh, with your families and travel safe and just be careful. It's good to have uh, just know that we're able to step back and uh, say thanks for he is good. Um, my guest is Shannon Dyson. We're talking about the idea behind managing your Medicare enrollment and, and the issues of that, and it can be so confusing. By the way, if you've got a question for Shannon or is, and Scott, both of these guys are available if you'd like to talk to them, 901-757-5757. Whether it's building a portfolio, what do you do in 22 with your portfolio? Talk to uh, Scott and Shannon as far as talking about Medicare and so much. Shannon, you've got a question that just yet you were asked not too long ago, and uh, it's a timing question. And, and I tell you, I think it's it's critical to go through it because I tell you, I wouldn't think about this at all, and so many people need to be sensitive to it. Yeah, so the timing of when to sign up for, for Medicare uh, at the risk of – I'm trying to not be confusing. We're saying Medicare is confusing, and I hope I'm not about to confuse a bunch of people with what I'm what I'm about to say. I'm already confused. <laughs> but there is a when you turn 65, you have an initial enrollment period. Uh, that initial enrollment period covers seven months. Uh, so three months before you turn 65, the month you turn 65, and the three months after your 65th birthday. That is all part of the initial enrollment period. Uh, but where timing comes into play is when you actually sign up during that seven-month window. Uh, if you sign up in the three months before your 65th birthday, your effective date for Part B of Medicare will be the first of the month of your birthday. Uh, if you wait until your birthday month to sign up for Medicare, your Part B effective date will be the, fo- the first of the following month 
of your birthday month. Do you follow me still? Yeah, I'm tracking. Got you. I'm, I'm tracking. <laughs> this I'm is at, tough. This no, is he, tough. You know, I was lost, by the way, when he said confusing. Well, I couldn't spell confusing. <laughs> now, here's where it really kind of uh, I mean, jumps. this is serious, though. It this is. is very, very serious. serious. Yeah, I mean, it, we're kind of tongue-in-cheek here yeah. a little bit, but it's serious information. Well, and these rules are set. There's nothing that you can do about it, so it, you need to know when your effective date is going to be. If you wait to the month after your birthday month, you're going to wait two months for your effective date of Part B to be active. All right. Now, let me see. wait a month after my effective date of if my, my birthday. birthday is in, if my birth, 65th birthday is in May and I wait until June, I am still in my initial enrollment period. So I've done nothing wrong. I'm still, there's no penalties or anything like that. But now I have to wait two months for my Part B effective date to be effective. And people, a lot of people are, don't realize the timing of that. Okay, two months if you... Two months your, if you wait to the month after. Now, right. if you wait two months after your birthday month, you're still no penalties or anything like that. Two or three months after, you have to wait three months for your Part B if, to be effective. So knowing the timing, the timing can work to your advantage. Uh, if you have a group plan that you want to stay on and you want to stay on for as long as you possibly can, well, then you can work it to your advantage. Uh, but if you don't know the rules, you can get into some situations that could be sticky and you could be without coverage. All right. How, tell me how that can happen. I mean, that, you said that kind yeah. of matter-of-factedly, and I'm thinking, okay, matter-of-fact, that can happen. All right? An, an example of that uh, is someone that was in our office a few weeks ago. Uh, they, they, had, uh, they were retiring from their job. They had a job-based insurance, uh, and they were getting ready to sign up for Medicare. They were turning 65. Um, All right, so they were still working. They're still working. So the question is, I'm still working. Right. Do I need to do anything about right. Medicare? Right, and that, that question is a, it's a great question, and there's two different scenarios. We're going to talk about the first scenario today where I'm still working, but I'm in my initial enrollment period with Medicare. So I'm in that seven-month window. I'm still working, and I've decided I want to retire. Uh, this particular person decided he wanted to retire. He signed up for Medicare the month after his birthday month. So he is within his rights to do that. But what does that mean? That means the effective date of Medicare is pushed out 60 days. He retires from his business and his group insurance ends the end of the month in which he retires. So now he is without group insurance and he has two months before his Medicare kicks in. But you would, might say, well, he lost coverage. So isn't that a, a window to get Medicare? Yes, it is, but not if you're in the initial enrollment period. The initial enrollment period trumps loss of coverage. Uh, so what that means is he is without coverage until Medicare kicks in uh, in 60 days. So knowing those rules, uh, knowing how they apply to you, knowing which ones supersede others uh, is very important. 901-757-5757. If you feel at all confused... Give Shannon a call. I mean, and I'll do a, try to do a better job. I feel like I'm just confusing all well, over you know, again. But it you is know? confusing. I mean, there's no way around it. So uh, let me ask you this question because a lot of people are concerned. Anything that's come up lately about effective dates, anything changes with that? Because it seems to be sometimes we go through that, it's a moving target. Yeah. So effective dates have changed, not for Medicare. Uh, they have changed for other, other enrollment periods. The main, the main change that we've seen in the last couple of weeks is – uh, Medicare prices, Medicare Part B prices are going up, uh, and the, the Medicare Part B deductible has gone up. They both went up 14.7%, uh, and so people that were um, just joining Medicare now, they're going to have a, a rate of Medicare Part B that is 14.7% higher, uh, which is $170.10 for the Medicare Part B premium. 
the deductible that you have with Part B was has been $203 for the previous year. That is now going to $233 for your Part B deductible. Uh, still not a high deductible for, for Part B, but it is it is going up. Well, you talk about Medicare, and you do such a good job. But Now, I've read that Medicare supplements and Medicare Advantage, that this is uh, they're not the same, and they're changing, and they've actually gone up in price. Yeah, decision time around uh, when, you, when you have Medicare, uh, you turn 65 or you're, or you're leaving uh, employment and getting Medicare, um, you get Part B of Medicare. The decision is, do I want a Medicare supplement or do I want Medicare Advantage? Uh, I think if I were to just kind of enca- encapsulate, is that a word, encapsulate? That sounds good. That's pretty good. That sounds good. The choice, uh, Medicare supplement gives you uh, more doctor choice, so you can go to any doctor that accepts Medicare. Medicare Advantage, there are limited doctor networks. Uh, there are plenty of other differences between the two, uh, but typically when we're meeting with people that are about to retire, uh, turning 65, doctor choice is the most important thing on their mind. Um, whereas you, you know you can get Medicare Advantage for for zero, and Joe Namath talks about it all the time on TV this time of year. Zero premium, you know, all these things that you can get with Medicare Advantage, but at the end of the day, it does have limited doctor network. So if doctor choice is important to you, we always recommend a supplement uh, first off. And I think one of the biggest questions, whether it's Joe Namath or whoever it is, that's whoever it is doing the, on the advertising. What about the idea around prescription drugs? I know some people say, well, I'm not taking anything. We just got a few minutes, less than a minute to go. What do you talk about prescription drugs? Part D prescription, uh, whether you're taking uh, prescription drugs uh, today or not, uh, you need to sign up for a plan. You'll be penalized if you don't. It's a 1% penalty per month. So if you wait three years, that is 36% penalty. Uh, So go ahead and take a cheap, inexpensive plan. And the main thing about that, redo it every year. Look at it every year. Make sure if you've taken new prescriptions, you want to see what may be a better plan for you f- for the following year. And that's that's just knowing the system. I mean, in, it all boils down to knowing the system, know, knowing the dates that you can enroll, because these things are, it's not like you can miss it and say, oh, I missed it because whatever, it, it doesn't matter. There are very few exceptions that can be made. And you have had the people come into the office with the cigar box or the, the basket full of envelopes. Yes, throw them all away. <laughs> <laughs> that is so difficult. It is, it it is really amazing. Is. Yeah. Guys, you've done a great job. And, uh, you know, it's a big subject. Two things. We've talked about planning for 2022. What are you doing with your portfolio? And what do you do with Medicare and Medicaid? It's very important. I want to thank my guests, Shannon Smith, Shannon Dyson, and Scott Jordan. If you have questions for these guys, you can reach them at 901-757-5757. You can find our show Talk Money on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We would appreciate it. Next week, Greg Valliere, Chief U.S. Policy Strategist. Guess what? We're going to get a Washington update. Greg's going to provide us with some insider information. I like that word, insider information. Also, Effie Johnson and Anna Wilcox, we're here with our, with our update from the Neighborhood Christian Center. Your top ten questions, we'll continue answering those as we finish up the year. That's Wednesday and Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. right here on KWAM, the mighty 990. If you have questions, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Thanks so much for listening. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. 
Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Channing Schmidt is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Security and Financial Services, Inc., but is not affiliated with Shoemaker Financial.